All right, there we go. We're recording. We're back on for another episode. And uh, yeah, no, even though it's only been a week since we last talked, it does feel like there's been a whole lot of news that has happened uh, over that past week. So good for us to sit down again. Probably going to do it again um, soon, or at least, you know, release the the Trump election announcement on because it's the holidays and uh, I don't have time to be recording podcasts when I'm at home visiting family, eating turkey, you know, so hopefully we will, uh, what was going to say, hopefully some of our listeners tuned into our, uh, our Trump announcement fucking Twitter, Twitter live the other day. If you didn't, you know, you missed out, I guess, but uh, you really <laughs> didn't miss out on much. It wasn't that exciting. Everything. Nobody really, I think, you know, that's the, that's the interesting thing right there. I don't know from what I understand, like, you know, I cut out of his speech because I thought it was getting just boring, repetitive, same shit. And from what I understand is like Fox did and most, a lot of other major news things did too. Do you have any echo coming back on my end? Or are we good? No, we're good. Tremendous. All right, let's keep it rolling. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I pretty much stopped watching. I think the stream I was watching it on was, was a Fox affiliate. So I kind of stopped watching whenever they pulled away. It wasn't that interesting. And honestly... <laughs> Even Trump didn't seem that all that interested in it. It was, you know, it, it, I, I don't know. You you figure someone like Trump would come back and it would be real, you know, real powerful, real forceful, re, you know, get people riled up and, and everything like that. And it, it, it just wasn't really that kind of speech. I think he was going for like a look at the sad state of our nation kind of thing. But like, that's not really like he's not he's not that he's not that kind of sales salesman. He never even during COVID, like. His whole thing is like, even if he's crazy as shit, he's always been positive as fuck about the country, you know, when he's in charge. But like, it's just, yeah, I don't know. The, the, it's like, it, it honestly, everybody thinks that his presidency was so exciting, but it's just like any other presidency. If you do really well, people will love you. If you just colossally fuck it up, then they will probably not vote for you. His was like right there on that, like, his was weird because he fucked it up in a way that no other president has in the past because he just would never shut the fuck up, you know? It's like yeah. you're constantly in the news and constantly in that. And you think it's a good thing, but, it, it you know, it, too much of anything is no good. Yeah, and the, the media coverage of his presidency didn't help him out at all. I mean, you know, some of it was fair. Yeah, He, he is an idiot that did some bad shit, but, you know, the media talked about him endlessly. And when you're in the news that much, I feel like people, they just, especially when you have a personality, when you're a character like Trump, overexposure is not a good thing. I feel like people get sick of a guy like that real quickly. And and they did. I mean, I mean, historically, it's pretty rare for an incumbent to lose reelection. And I mean, there's a million things that went into him losing. But I, I mean, something that, you know, was a key part of that was the media just covering everything he did good bad neutral whatever and i feel like people were just were just sick of him and i think people still are i don't like trump's disapproval numbers are still not very good if the election was held today he would not defeat joe biden i you know i just don't know that you know i don't know that people are ready for trump again not yet maybe may, yeah no go ahead no i was just gonna you know may i mean maybe something will change you know, in the future, like maybe he will get more active on Twitter again, which is something we'll get to a little bit later. But, 
I mean, maybe something will change between now and then, but I feel like people just aren't that excited about his uh, his third run for president. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. I think it really is going to depend on, you know, the primary coming up or the, yeah, the Republican primary, because like if it's not Trump, it's going to be DeSantis. And if it's not DeSantis, it's probably going to be Youngkin. And I think Glenn Youngkin's fucking awesome. I think he gets he gets all all the good shit that Trump did. And he fucking does it in like a way that it's like he's just nice about it. Where Trump is like the other, the other side is a bunch of fucking idiot losers. Glenn Youngkin's like he wants to work with people and stuff. And he, I don't know, he just he's just good. Like he just fucking goes about things just smoothly. Whereas Trump is just like you know. And DeSantis is kind of the same way. Like you know, I, I like the whole fucking. I, I like somebody who's going to go after people who I find annoying. You know, just like anybody else does. But like, at, at what point are you like? governing and at what point are you just playing the media and i think like it's not necessarily like how you go it's also how you're being covered too because like you can look like you're doing a lot more than you are to like you know trigger the libs or whatever right but like fucking i don't know it's all just it's, it's like a balance thing and i think youngkin has like he's established like he's he's been mentioned i saw some shit like desantis been mentioned in like thousands of times on Fox News. I don't know the actual numbers, but it's like, and Youngkin's like, like 3% of what DeSantis has been mentioned. I don't know, some crazy, I don't know the exact numbers, but either way, like, he doesn't have that negative attention because not all press is good press. That's some shit Trump always believed since fucking he's been famous, but like, you know, that's just not true. Yeah, I know. I think that's a really good point. I think, um, I think Youngkin is kind of in that position where he does a lot of the same stuff that DeSantis does. Like ideologically, they're very similar, but like you said, Youngkin doesn't get a fraction of the coverage that DeSantis gets. And um, even, even though he does a lot of the same stuff, he, you know, he fights a lot, you know, he fights the, the culture war the same way. He's done a lot of similar things um, being governor of Virginia, but he doesn't get all of the negative coverage that, that Trump and and DeSantis do. And I think that's because maybe he's the, well, he, he, well, he's very new, right? He he has, he's been governor for, I don't know when he got inaugurated, but you know, less than a year he's been in office. It was also like a, being like a special election, like it was, it was like, he didn't have to go with whatever rhetoric was being said at the time. Like he's established himself as like, like everybody knows that like, Anyone who was like, because well, what election was it right after? It was right after 2020 that he got elected. Yeah, because it was like the yeah going back on the Biden shit. He was it was like the referendum on Biden or whatever they call it when you know that election was. So it's like I don't know. It just shows that like I don't know. Not everybody around this. It, there's not some massive blue wave happening. People, individuals think for themselves. You know. Yeah. So and something like, that. Um... I thought it was I, I remember these numbers. They they might not be exact, but you know they did some exit exit polling um, for the Virginia governor race, and um, yeah, and, and they they asked voters about like other people. They asked them about Biden, Trump, uh, Terry McAuliffe, you know, Youngkin's opponent, and uh, Biden and Terry McAuliffe. They they had a similar uh, net disapproval rating. It was like seven or eight, six like six to eight, somewhere in that kind of a range. Um, and Trump, his net disapproval rating was like a negative 20 something like people in Virginia just did not 
did not like Trump at all. And and we, we saw that play out, right? Like Youngkin didn't want Trump coming to Virginia and campaigning with him. And it worked out really well in his favor because that same exit polling showed that Youngkin had a net approval rating of like plus 12, plus 13 points. He didn't need Trump to come into Virginia and campaign with him. It would have only hurt him. And I, you know, I think that the, the, you know, the lack of negative media coverage of Yunkin, when you compare him to someone like DeSantis or, or Trump, I, I think that would play really well for him if he did decide to hop in to the Republican primary. I don't think he will. I don't think Yunkin will. No. Um, I think he's just a little too new. I, I do think 2028 Yunkin's, uh, a guy to look out for. I think, you know, if he, if he continues his track record and he does well, and I, th- I think he could be a serious problem for other would, Republicans and Democrats in 28. It would be really wise for, uh, so I think young King could run now. I think DeSantis would have a problem running now because he, um, well, I've seen this video recently and I like back in 2018 or whatever, when he ran, he had like his kid wearing fucking, a little MAGA onesie and like he just he was like doing some weirdly like obsessive with Trump shit and like like I get it or whatever you're doing the fucking you're doing the dance but like like you have now tied yourself to this person in a way that you can't undo that I mean he did win by more this election he's like he's obviously it's his own his own self and the people in Florida love him but like on a national level people are gonna see that shit and then Trump's gonna sit there and just dog you and be like you're my fucking puppet. You're my bitch. And DeSantis is not going to have an answer to that. That's another thing I was hearing today, and I fucking fully agreed with it. DeSantis is going to have to start throwing blows to Trump soon and start establishing the difference between the two. Because otherwise, people are just going to be like, you haven't earned your spot. You should be the VP. Or you shouldn't run at all. Yeah. Yeah. And And I don't think it's a guarantee that he runs. I know other people are like preparing for that possibility. And it is a possibility. I, I, I'm a little more, I used to think there was no chance he runs if, if Trump hops in, but you know, now Trump is in. So, you know, it's a, it's a waiting game as to whether or not DeSantis runs. I do think if he is going to run, or even if he's not, if he's going to announce that he's not running, it it would be after, you know, it'd probably be sometime in the spring, you know, it'd be sometime down the road, maybe like four to six months down the road. Um, I think Florida's legislative session also like, uh, you know, I, I think they, I think they'll be in session that that first you know quarter of the year, and I think DeSantis is going to kind of focus on that, try to get some good stuff in the books, um, you know, and I mean maybe he he will end up hopping in, maybe he won't, but uh, one advantage he has is that he he'll he'll kind of get to wait and see like how Trump does. I and I and I said this before. Maybe I said it, you know, during his announcement. I think Trump hopping in this early is bad. I think I think oh, it's yeah. negative for Trump. It's definitely not a good move. I think hopping into a race like this, where where he's he's sure to have some competition, whether it's DeSantis, Youngkin, whoever, there are going to be people that run against him. I mean, Nikki Haley has basically already said she's going to. Um, Aza Hutchinson, I think, has said something similar. I th- I think Mike Pence is going to run just because he has no. I mean, what else is he going to do? Um, what the fuck else he going to do? And I think Pompeo's got going to run and all that shit. But like, I think he could. Um, I don't know. Like, like those people need to announce pretty soon. Well, not pretty soon. Trump announcing is like 
is well, I know they don't need to announce pretty soon. That was stupid. Uh, Trump announced way too soon. I fucking fully agree with that. Like, if you announce now, I mean, it's just like anybody else. Like, you can make the all. You have way more time to make a bunch of mistakes. Also, you haven't fucking really seen the field. Uh, you clearly are like to a lot of people, it's going to look like a grift because it probably is a little bit of it. But like, you can get just get the cash cow moving again. You know. Well, I think like. There's really only two reasons you would want to hop in a presidential race this early. One is to raise money, but like Trump is not going to have a problem raising money. Like whether he hopped in, you know, last week, six months from now, you know, a year from what he's going to raise plenty of money. Money's not an issue. And then the only other benefit to hopping in early is um, that you kind of get to set the tone of the race. Uh, Trump already did that. He's already doing that. He did that before he announced. You know, like we we were all waiting, you know, for Trump to announce because, well, one, we knew he would. He basically I mean, he kept saying that he was going to like everybody was waiting on pins and needles for him to make it official and finally announce. And like he he was already going to set the tone of the race no matter what. So I just don't see. I don't see there being any tangible benefit to him hopping in this early. It's like you said, I think. I think people are going to wait about six months or so, maybe a little less. And they're kind of just going to let Trump do his thing and, and shoot himself in the foot. You know, I like, they're just going to let him make all these mistakes and cause he will, cause it is Trump. <laughs> the guy's big. Well, he also like he dogged DeSantis before DeSantis election. And like, you can't do that. And, all, and one, it makes you look weak. Like you're fucking scared of him. And two, it's like, you don't need to, like, that makes you look so not loyal to your party. Like, I know DeSantis has, like, all these major donors and shit like that. I don't know. I read somewhere, like, a big, like, a lot of Trump's donations come from fucking smaller donors and shit like that. DeSantis right now are coming from these major, big, you know, massive, 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 like, you know, the top Republican donors and shit like that, like the highest bidders. Yeah. But, like. It's like uh, you need that. That that's the kind of money you start a campaign out with. That other money comes when you've like established fundraising routes and you're sending out those fucking texts all the time, dude. I've I've started seeing. I didn't pay attention to this before, but like, I guess if you signed up to receive like the Trump text, like he texts you a lot and a lot of shit. Yeah, I could see that. I bet he does. I've I've never, I've never subscribed to any of his stuff, but I've I've seen other people say that same thing. Like the emails, the text everything like that they're just constant and i mean that that is (laughs) i mean that is that is kind of just how you do political fundraising you just annoy the shit out of people until they give you money and then after they give you money you continue to annoy them even more but i mean it works like he's a fundraising machine that's what i'm you know that's what i'm saying like trump who's never going to have an issue with the money and like you said i think it's pretty clear that a lot of the big Republican donors, a lot of those big backers, like they they want someone else to. Like, you know, just just how I think like the just how I think voters are sick of Trump, like donors have got to be sick of this guy, too, especially since he lost last time. You know, like all these people that, you know, gave him money, big or small, like he, he did lose, you know, like your your money ended up being a waste and here you are you're gonna you're gonna invest all that money all that time all this effort into a guy that has you know pretty good chance that he loses in 24 too you know people I mean, don't want to throw money at a loser you know they want someone who's gonna win 
2022 Trump candidates did poorly too. And it's also the same fucking, it's just the same, it's the same lines over and over again. Like, stolen election, yada, yada. I can't wait to see him start tweeting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of been the big, the big news of the past week. It's, it's definitely not the most important news, but it has been the biggest news is uh, Elon Musk reinstated Trump's uh, Twitter account as of recording uh, this podcast at, you know, 9.30 Central Time on a on a Sunday. He's not tweeted anything. There's not been any activity on his account. Has uh, there not? I, make, I was just thinking I wanted to say that, but I wasn't 100% sure. I hadn't even checked yet. I checked uh, before we started recording, so I guess there could be something. But no, I, I pulled it up right now. There's nothing. There's, he hasn't done anything. He did say, like, it's probably been months ago at this point that even if his account was reinstated, he wouldn't come back. I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> I think he will come back eventually. Why would he not? He's going to stick around on fucking what on Truth Social and Parlor or whatever those garbage apps are. Terrible. No one's reading that shit. Nobody uses those apps. And the only people that do use those apps are people that are already going to vote for Trump. You know, like him continuing to just spew his message on those apps does him no good, no good whatsoever. See, that that's one thing I think a lot of people like you, you think about it. Most people like the vast majority of Americans are not on either of those two apps. And Trump announcing for president again was probably the first time people have heard from Trump since he was president. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't done all that much. Ah, he's had some rallies and shit and like the mainstream media covered him a little but you know, like a long form speech about him like he gave during his announcement. That's the first time a lot of people have heard from him in a long time. And uh, people were not excited about it. They <laughs> they didn't really seem to care. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I, like he's got the diehards but like most people even who voted for him were like like they, they want to evaluate all their choices because like there's a lot of other you know people it's been a minute you know since he's been doing anything significant and on top of that like dude's whole last few months of his president whole almost last year was fucking clouded by covid yeah so it's like you're kind of fucking yourself like it's kind of fucked there because like you don't have anything that's really been in people's minds since like 2018 that you've done good yeah and and it wasn't enough for him to win the 2020 election and it's not going to be enough for him to win in, in 24. Like he, he's going to have to do something different. He's going to need some new messaging. Like that, that was another thing listening to his speech. It, it, it was a little different, you know, there were some specific criticisms of the Biden administration in there, but for the most part, it was a lot of the same old Trump stuff that we're used to hearing and voters already were not receptive to that message in 2020 and I don't think it's really going to be any different in 24. He's going to have to change it up, you know. And and like you said, a lot of you know Trump's candidates in 22 lost. A lot of people who ran on the same kind of message that Trump ran on, whether it's, you know, fucking Carrie Lake or Don Bolduc or whoever, they all lost. So and yeah. they lost in swings. You know, they lost in swing states. I mean, we're not, you know, I mean. You know, we could look at some other redder states if we wanted to. But I mean, if we're talking Trump candidates that embodied Trump and his message and his vision for the party in swing states in 2022, they did not do well. And this was supposed to be a red wave year. Now, it wasn't. 
But 2024, like the conditions are not going to be nearly as favorable to Republicans as they were this time around. And Trump candidates already did bad this time. So, you know, it's you have to believe they're probably not going to do any better in 24. Um, you know, and, and Trump is going to be challenged. I mean, he he's not going to waltz his way to the nomination like he did in 2020. Like he, he is going to have to get in there and fight for it. Now, you know, whether he has a super strong opponent or not is is up to Ron DeSantis and whether he wants to hop in. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think it's hard for me to imagine somebody like Mike Pence or Mike Pompeo or Nikki Haley, like taking the nomination from him. I think that's almost guaranteed not to happen. Um, which is why Trump is attacking DeSantis and not them. He he's terrified of DeSantis hopping in that primary with him. Terrified. VP VP is interesting. You know, I know she lost, but Carrie Lake, I think, you know, like of all the candidates that were Trump endorsed and you know, Trump campaigned with him, Carrie Lake was pretty clearly the one that he that he liked the most, that he did the most for. Maybe even the most like him, you know, uh, you know, TV, TV host, personality, super MAGA candidate. Like she's, they had a lot in got, common. She's got so much more fucking finesse than he's got, though. So much more. Well, I don't know. He's pretty crafty. Carrie Lake. She just she has a she has an ability to talk way better than him. I mean, she was a, what is it? She was like a news lady or something like that. Yeah, that so is her as VP. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, she'd probably be a solid VP pick for him. From the swing either. state, you know? I, mean, I think they both lose because she's kind of a nutcase, too. Oh, yeah, she is. <laughs> Which is why I think they'd pair well together. <laughs> they would pair well together. You know, well, I mean, I, I can't see, like, any of the, you know, like, the more reasonable Republican candidates. Like, they're, like, they're not going to attach themselves to him, you know? Yeah, I mean... Yeah. They, they they look at him like a sinking ship. Like if he if he loses, then you know, like the party's going to be able to wash their hands of Trump after twenty four. And if he somehow fucks around and wins, they're going to be able to wash their hands from Trump after twenty eight. You know what I mean? Like it's just I feel like if you're if you're a moderate Republican, or you, even if you, maybe you're not moderate, you're just not a super MAGA candidate. Like attaching yourself to Trump after all the bullshit is a super risky proposition. And I, I don't know that they're going to take it. Like, I, I think he's, I think he's going to have to dig into the bag of crazies and pick one that he likes. I don't know who else could he pick though. I don't, I don't even, I can't think like no one else immediately comes to mind for me. I don't know. Ben Carson. Oh shit. What has Ben Carson been doing? Is he, a, let me check his president. Oh, is he? Oh man, Probably. let me see what he, let me see what he's been up to on Twitter just real quick. Now that I haven't, I've not thought about Ben Carson in so long. Oh man, ah, oh, he was out campaigning for Herschel Walker not that long ago. Let's see, he was on a National Faith and Values prayer call with Trump. Maybe I, I mean. Shit, that's as good of a pick as I could come up with. Looks like he he did spend some time campaigning for some of these Democrats. There's uh, something about him in Utah with Mike Lee. Oh, man. Ben Carson. I mean, shit. 
he also he doesn't have anything to lose. He's kind of in a in the same spot as Mike Pence. Like there's you know, there's no political career for them to return to. So I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I could see Ben Carson being that guy. Mike Pompeo, maybe. You know? I think Pompeo would be at, just Pompeo would probably be as solid a VP pick as Trump could could get. Foreign policy experience. He was in the cabinet. He was in the house. You know, I think he checks a lot of boxes. I think he's from Kansas. I think I could be wrong about that. So he's not from a swing state, but I think just if you're just comparing the guy, uh, I yeah, I think he'd be solid. But if he runs, but if he runs against Trump, like he might, you know, I mean, I, you know, how likely is Trump going to be to pick him? You know, I don't know. Good, good thing we have two years to uh, <laughs> to sit around and think about it. Yeah, I just don't know. Maybe he'll start tweeting soon and give us some ideas. Hold on, are you still? Are you still on the Zoom? I cannot hear you if you are. Is it me? Is it my internet? Oh man, we're having technical difficulties here at the uh, Bonfire Briefing Podcast. All right, I sent him a text. Oh, shit, are we? <laughs> there we go. Can you hear me? Oh, shit, we cut out there for a minute. Oh, yeah. you... oh, wait, can you yeah. hear me? I can hear you now, yeah. Okay, yeah, no, we did. <laughs> We definitely did. We cut out for a hot minute there. Um. Yeah, no, yeah, that's why I texted you. I was like, oh, shit, what the, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? No, no, no. His parking lot just, just wave of no service went over me. Ah, yeah, no, uh, yeah, no. Just talking about potential Trump VP picks. I think Pompeo is solid. I don't uh, think he'll pick Pompeo because I don't. I think Pompeo shit on him too much, and they kind of they ended rough. That's the thing. He burned every bridge with every halfway. He had some fucking stars in his administration that I didn't like at the time. Like I'd love to see Rex Tillerson make a run at something. You know, somebody like that. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. He definitely, <laughs> yeah. With the way he talked about Trump after he got out, definitely will not uh, be his VP pick. But it would be interesting to see him. I uh, uh, do something political. I don't know. What has he been doing recently? Anything? Uh, he's been going around doing just, just some fucking speaking out loud on shit. You know, maybe being seen. That's the thing. That's why I think he might run. Is he is being seen? He would definitely want to know that he wants to be back in the White House. Yeah, 
shit, maybe he, I don't know, maybe he tries to run for president. Why not? <laughs> shit. We got fucking 11 minutes left before this thing fucking shuts down on us. What other shit we got to cover? I've not, I've not been hit with the, uh, oh, it'll give oh. me, a, it'll give me a warning whenever oh, we're nice. like 10 minutes away. Um, okay. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. Trump, Trump running for president, potential VP picks. Uh, he's back on Twitter. Um, someone else that's back on Twitter, Project Veritas. Uh, that's good, dude. I used to fucking, I used to like, the way that shit was first framed to you, you're like, oh, these people are doing something evil. Fuck no. Those people are heroes. I wish that we had, there was somebody on the right who would go do that shit. You mean the, the I left? mean, they miss. Yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, they, I mean, they probably mislead a little bit, but like they obviously have a right lean, but like, you know, like they, they get some quality shit. You should be held accountable for some of the words you say, especially if you're fucking, I mean, I don't think we should be held accountable for anything we say, but you know, we don't say anything that controversial, but like if you're a politician that affects everyone's lives, fuck yeah, fuck you. And if you're like a staffer for one of those people, they're always saying some crazy shit. You gotta be a fucking nut to want to do that kind of shit. Yeah. Cheap, simply a, a fucking really good cheap. Yeah. Or that have is, you know, I guess. Yeah. Go ahead. That, that is one thing they do. I, your your timing was actually just about spot on because I got hit with that warning about a minute after you mentioned that. Um, nice. Yeah. No. I mean, I. Yeah. Like when they were first, you know, really talked about in the mainstream media, they they were really demonized and and you know presented as fake news. I'd have to go back and like see some of their work. I, I'm not like. Yeah, you know, I, I remember them being in the news for certain things. I did not really remember consuming a lot of their content. You know, like I didn't yeah. I didn't watch a lot of their stuff. I kind of just, you know, I saw what other people said about it and just kind of left it at that. But um, definitely not going to be doing that moving so, forward. They have like, uh, from what I understand, the people who they have, they have like ties to like Blackwater, I'm pretty sure. Or, you know, whatever that has now become. Like uh, for their spies and shit like that. I don't know. They're, they're, they had spies who like taught them how to go undercover. I think or at least taught their high up people. I think they got funding from Betsy DeVos and like, oh uh, fucking, uh, Betsy DeVos' brother runs Blackwater. Have we talked about that ever. Uh, uh yeah, no, we yeah we definitely have. Um, about not on the podcast, but that's a whole other fucking. Absolute fucking crazy thing, dude. What the fuck is with these elitists around this world just running everything? Who can yeah. we bring on the show that's going to talk about the fucking elitist and the fucking the globalists and everything else? Trump, uh, somebody, Trump guy. <laughs> well, I don't. I mean, my audience is pretty libertarian. I could probably find somebody who, who wants to talk about all of that uh, pretty easily. Libertarians are yeah. pretty good about throwing those kind of fuckers under the bus. Yeah, fuck it. We should we should throw them all. We should just line up some buses and just start throwing. I so I, I looked up Blackwater because I was curious to see what they had rebranded into. Um, they've rebranded quite a few times, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so they they started off as Blackwater, founded in 1996. Then they renamed themselves to Z Services, X E Services. In 2009, then they became Academy 2011. Then they merged with another company called Triple Canopy, and now they're called Constellus. So, 
yeah, if you see Constellus in the news for some crazy shit, uh, it's just Blackwater fucking around and doing their same old corrupt, awful garbage. Yeah. What do they do exactly? I know they're mercenaries, but like, I'm sure, I mean, there's probably a list of some kind of war crimes and stuff like that. But is it a war crime if it's not done by a country, technically? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I I I I would assume that it is, still is, but I don't I don't know what the technical definition of of a war crime is. Bad people, nonetheless, even even if it's not technically a war crime, bad people, and no no question about it. Um, let's see, we've we've got about uh, we've got about six minutes here before we have to wrap up a hard stop on it. Is there anything else that that we've missed over this past week? Uh, nothing. Nothing immediately comes to mind for me. I'm trying to think. I think we all got distracted by Trump coming back on Twitter. Um, yeah. Uh, that was, uh, you know, that was fine. That was, and he hadn't said shit yet. You know, he probably wants to ride out truth social with that fucking stupid shit as long as he can. Uh, damn, that's kind of been the biggest news. Uh, there was a mass shooting last night. That's no good. There was Mass absolutely no good, un, unacceptable uh, violence like that is not not the answer to anything at all. Um, you know, I don't care how you feel about gay people or drag shows or or what have you. Stuff like that just is not not acceptable, not it, tolerable it in any way. No, it's a, you need to solve problems with fucking intelligence and words. Violence is for fucking mentally weak people. Unless you know, you sometimes you need violence, but. Not that kind of violence. Not, not that kind of violence. Absolutely not. Never like targeted like ter- acts of terrorism. I mean, I mean, like you need to be, you need to, you know, speak softly and carry a big stick. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You Use know? your words. You know, I feel like uh, there's a lot of people out there not using their words. You know, I, well, that, that's what a lot of the Twitter debate um, has been about here recently. Just like what. Like, like what kind of website Twitter should be and how it should treat free speech like, you know, like the kind of speech that Trump would uh, would say on the platform. Or, you know, there's a lot of people talking about whether or not uh, Alex Jones should be brought back. And I think Elon has said no, that he's not that he's not going to bring uh, Alex Jones back. But I mean, that's really that's that's kind of been what the debate has been about, like what. What kind of speech should be allowed on Twitter? Should I, you know, I mean, should it be like a complete free for all? Should there be some restrictions? What should those restrictions be? Um, it's going to be difficult to navigate for Elon. It's definitely not going to be easy moderating a platform like Twitter, as you know, a platform as big as Twitter cannot cannot be easy at all. Um, I don't envy the guy. <laughs> No, and you also just cut like a good chunk of your staff, so things should things should be streamlined now on Twitter. Yeah, like there, yeah, which I feel like at most of the staff, I've told you this fucking away from this podcast, but that that a good chunk of them were use, useless. I'm sorry if any of you hear this show. You should come on the show and tell us what your fucking purpose in this world is. Yeah, justify your job on the Fire Brief podcast. Yeah, yeah justify your fucking <laughs> job, peasant. I'd no, yeah, I'd love to talk to a former Twitter employee. Just I just yeah. I I don't know what it has to be crazy, right? Removing 
you know, personal feelings about Musk or Twitter, anything like that. It has to be pretty crazy for somebody like Musk to just come in, buy your company, change a whole bunch of shit, fire a whole bunch of people, have, what is it, like 1,200 people resign from Twitter, you know, after he got it. I mean, I I want I want to hear from a former Twitter employee what all that was like. It had to be crazy. Has to be crazy. Yeah. Has to be like, I mean, I see them all sucking each other's dicks on Twitter. Like, I'll, I'll click on some random page. It's funny because, like, you'll just you'll just stumble across them, and some of them have like like two hundred followers, but like they're being talk to with like other accounts that are like you know elon will fire somebody on twitter and you go click on their account on who they like or what shit they like and everything and you'll find some other twitter employees and it's just like they're all so mad and it's still not very clear like what any of them were doing like that's the thing say how hard can it really be to make some shit go how many people does it really take like it's a website there's there's super highly trafficked websites they have like no admin, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I or, wonder where they have. Yeah, go ahead. No, well, I wonder how many people, how many people were employed by. This is probably stuff I could look up, but I'm not going to because we have a minute and a half left. Uh, how many people were working at Twitter before Elon bought it, and how many people are working at Twitter now? And because, because you know, just as somebody who uses Twitter and doesn't really. You know, I, I don't I don't really have strong opinions one way or the other. Uh, the experience has not really changed all that much for me. You know, like I see a little bit more fucking wild shit. That's the only change I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like the changes have just not been nearly as drastic as, as people were saying. And so, you know, I mean, it just begs the question, like how many of those jobs that were lost, you know, how many of them were needed? Um always sucks to lose your job you know i wouldn't wish that on anyone but i'm just saying like how many people does it actually take to run something like twitter the severance packages they got i'm sure were bigger than most of us are making fucking in the next five years you know they can kind of fuck off fuck their jobs i have no fucking sympathy dude dude, some of those like those higher ups they got a whole bunch of money to leave twitter i would gladly leave my job for you know like 20 20 30 40 million dollars I'll pack my shit and be out of there in fuck ten minutes flat. See y'all later. Yeah, Have I'll, a good one. I won't even pack my shit. I'll just be gone. So, <laughs> yeah, right. I'll I'll buy new shit. <laughs> I don't you even need my old shit. shit trash. Put it all in the trash. That's it. All right. Well, Zoom is about to uh, close out on us at any moment now. Less than a minute left.